So here is part two to my interview with Amanda from last week. I decided to split these up because I think this is such an interesting and powerful and really cool experience that Amanda had. Um, and I wanted to share on its own, especially since we are the day today is the day after Thanksgiving. And I think, I think giving is a great way to share, to show our gratitude for what we do have in life. And I think there's a lot to be learned and gained from having experiences that get us out of our comfort zone. And I'm not talking in terms of endangering ourselves and you'll learn, you'll hear a little bit about that. And I'm not encouraging anybody to, you know, to invite any stranger from anywhere into your house, but you know, I mean, this, she talks a lot about how her feelings were and how her faith played into this and how she just felt calm and okay about it. And for her, that was enough of a reason to go ahead and invite um, this couple who was living on the street to come in and stay with her for a little bit during a really, really cold snap um, where she lived. So listen to this. I'm, this is all I'm saying. And um, happy Thanksgiving. Could you tell that? Could you share that story really quickly? Yeah. So that's so cool. Um, I, I live in Kansas City, and this past winter, uh, the polar vortex, which normally circulates over the North Pole, decided to take a southern swoop, and we got temperatures down to like negative twenty-two here in Kansas City. Wow. Well, I do a food delivery job on the side, and uh, I always keep extras for the homeless in my car. You know, like soft foods that are easy on bad teeth. But I knew this thing was coming. Like, they'd been predicting it. So I stocked up on hand warmers, and I was just passing them out like candy at a parade Mm -hmm. to the homeless people that I see as I'm out driving. But there was one homeless couple I saw in particular. Their their sign, uh, it didn't ask for food or money. It just said they wanted warmth. So I gave them this big 10-pack of, like, 18-hour hand warmers, but they stayed with me all day. And when I was done with all my deliveries by about 11 o'clock that night, I, you know, I just, I'd been praying all day long, okay, God, if this is a bad idea, give me a sign. Mm -hmm. Show me that I shouldn't do this. And I just felt nothing but peace. So after I did my last delivery, um, I I just was like, okay, here we go. And I drove back to downtown KC, back to the same intersection where I had seen them before. And by this point, the cold had already started setting in, so the streets were empty. Mm -hmm. And uh, I I actually took a wrong turn, and I got there – by a totally different route, but they were there. They were actually there. They were in the same spot. And it's not even a spot where they normally would be. They just happened to stop there at that particular moment to re like readjust all their, their bags, they had a bunch of bags. Mm -hmm. Um, And they, had I gotten there without taking the wrong turn, I wouldn't have, I wouldn't have seen them. Mm -hmm. So I pulled up and I rolled down my window and I asked them, um, Hey, do you want to go somewhere warm? And the guy, it was a man and a man and a woman. And he was like, what? And I said, well, do you, do you want to go warm up? And he was like, yes. And he turned to his wife and he said, hey, do you want to go warm up? And she was already, uh, the cold was already starting to take effect on her. She was not in good shape. Mm. And she didn't believe him at first. So he repeated, let's, you know, let's go warm up. And she was like, okay. So they, we piled all their bags in the trunk and they hopped into the back seat. I cranked up the heat and, uh, and they asked, you know, well, what's your name? And I told them. Their names are Seth and Louisa. Mm-hmm. And the first thing Seth said was, are you going to kill us? <laughs> <I was> like, <laughs> uh, 
Like, Valid oh, question. Gonna kill me? <laughs> we were like, no, we're going to kill you. So we had, this live, we had a lively discussion about chloroform and ha ha ha. Um, and we, uh, I didn't really have much in the house. I only had $8 to my name at the time, but we stopped at the grocery store on the way home. We got a few things so that we could make some chili. Um, and they, they were, I told them they could pick out, you know, if there were like any other little things. And they were, they tried to get the cheapest thing possible. They were, they were comparing things that were like three cents apart in price oh. just to make sure that, you know, but uh, I brought them back home and we made a big pot of chili that was gone in like five minutes. Mm-hmm. Um, and then they just, they fell asleep and they slept. They slept so hard. Like when, when they first came in, they were like, oh, you've got carpet with padding. That's going to be comfortable. And I was like, well, you can sleep on the couches. That's probably going to be a lot more comfortable. Uh, but they were just out. And when I got up the next morning, they were they were still out hard. Mm-hmm. Um, and I realized, man, they're gonna, they've got to be hungry. I don't know anything about them. But I'm just going to cook what I have. And I, I had a lot of breakfast food, so I just made everything. I made like a pound of bacon, and a, I made some biscuits, and cinnamon rolls, and pancakes, and eggs, everything in the house that I had for breakfast. And I laid it all out on the table, but I didn't want to wake them up because they, you know, when have they slept like this? Yeah. They normally sleep on a concrete slab underneath an overpass. Um, but I, I just, I didn't have the heart to wake them, but I still had to go out and do some work. And it was kind of a, I don't know, maybe it's not, maybe not the wisest decision I've ever made in my life. <laughs> but I, you know, I left a note saying, hey, I'll be back at this time. Um, please help yourself to anything that's in the kitchen. And when I got back later on, the food was just all gone. Uh, they had both taken baths. We did a couple of rounds of laundry because they wear layers, lots of layers. Oh, good. Uh, they have both been on the streets since they were in their teens, they're both, well, one is 40 now, the other is 33, 34. So they've never, they've never lived in a home at all in their adult lives. Wow. Yeah. But, uh, I don't know. I, I, I normally just, I don't like cooking, but for them, it just, it became this act of service, this act of love. Like I, I don't have any money to fix the problems that you have. Mm-hmm. I don't have the access to resources that might help, but I can make you food. I can make you comfortable for as long as you're here. Sleep all you want, bathe all you want, eat all you want. At least this is this is one thing I can do for you. What a wonderful story. I mean, to that must have been scary. I can and maybe looking back at it, you know, kind of seeing it with more open eyes. Obviously it turned out fine and you know, you felt comfortable with it. But, you know, that um, unfortunately for, you know, a lot of people who are single like that could be really, I mean, it could be dangerous for anybody. Oh, yeah, it totally could be. Yeah. And it's just one of those things where like, you know, we talk about promptings and following the spirit when we're at church. But um, it was just one of, I I didn't really have a strong prompting. It was more like a lack of after saying, okay, this is a bad idea. Give me a sign. Throw signs at me. And I just felt nothing but peace with it. And I thought, okay, I'm, I'm really going to do this. This is crazy, but I'm going to do it. Mm-hmm. Well, and, and I guess, uh, and we, yeah. Yeah, and, and I still see them regularly. They stayed with me a couple more times because this winter was pretty cruel. Yeah. Um, but, yeah, they, and it, they were sort of a window into the homeless uh, community here in Kansas City. 
and I've since gotten involved with one of the city council women. Um, and she she knows about them. She like they they don't realize the impact that they're making on the broader area of Kansas City just by being. Mm-hmm. I mean, to them, it, it's just they're like somebody knows our names. <laughs> they don't want to run us over. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Well, and I think too, I mean, you're, I would imagine that with that confirmation that you had, you know, faith for a lot of people is a big thing. And that, you know, probably at the end of the day, like, regardless of what, like, that situation could have gone so many different ways. But at least you wouldn't have changed it. Yeah. Well, and the thing is, even if it did go in a negative way, like, Uh at least, you know, from my perspective, like you did what you could to help somebody else. And that's, yeah. So important and so powerful. I mean, and you know, and when I, when I first pulled up, she was not in good shape. I, mm. I don't know if she would have made it through the night. I really don't. That's scary. And that really, that, that's exactly what I, knowing what was, and they didn't know what was coming. They didn't know how cold it was going to be. Oh, yeah. They don't have a phone. They don't have access to any information. That's a good So point. they didn't know to go to a shelter yeah. and that's how it is with a lot of homeless folks. They don't know. Oh, they have no way of knowing. Yeah. And, and, you know, this, because this is my frame of thinking and I don't say this to, to take away from the story that you shared because that's so powerful and so important, but you know, a lot of times women in particular would be so focused on the way that our bodies look because every, like we've said, everything's like telling you that it has to look this certain way, but in all reality, like somebody who is so focused on how their body looks and so distracted by that probably wouldn't be able to do something like that. That was so impactful for people who, you know, didn't have any other options. Yeah, it it really, um, it's, it's been a very eye opening experience and I've been, I've been doing like, not, not inviting everybody in my home, but I've been reaching out to more homeless people in the area and learning more about them and, you know, they, they don't always necessarily need the food. Mm-hmm. Uh, there are places where they can get food. Um, but it's more about opening the doors and finding out, okay, well, how how do you want to live? Do you want out of this? Or how, how can we best help you mm-hmm. in this situation? And just providing that food has opened so many doors into learning more about people, how they wind up in poverty, how they wind up homeless. Yeah. And that's, you know, I mean, I think a lot of people who maybe don't know anybody who's experienced that or haven't seen that side of it, you can have, you can so easily have these preconceived notions of what leads to that, which, you know, could be true, but that's not the whole story for people. Yeah, And I think too, at the end of the day, you know, people just, regardless of, you know, your situation in life, everybody wants to be seen and that, you know, makes you feel accepted. And yes, that's empowering just on its own. And that's such yeah. a small thing. And I think that's something that anybody can do. Well, and it, I, w- I was homeless myself for four years. Um, I moved into the apartment I'm in uh, a year and a half ago. Uh-huh. But before then, I, I, w- I was homeless myself. Never totally out on the streets, usually bouncing around from friend to friend. Um, and there, there, were, there were some times where I camped or slept in my car. But I just, it, I, I feel like, I, I know a little bit of what it is to be in that circumstance. Certainly nothing like what Seth and Louisa live in, mm-hmm. but it just almost feels wrong not to do something, not to take, not to take this experience and do more with it. 